Welcome to Trades Talk, the place to get the latest information related to the skilled trades industries here in Canada. My name is Leah Den Hartog, and I'm your host. Today, I'll be joined by Darren Best, HVAC manager with Doyle Home Services. They started out as a plumbing contracting company and about 10 years ago entered the HVAC side of the trade, and they've been quickly growing ever since. Uh, having first started out in the plumbing industry, this helped them create a brand that their customers knew. As part of our Tech Talk segment, I will be joined by technical expert Paul Tomlin of AO Smith. He will be teaching me all about pressure drops in water heaters. Uh, But for now, let's take a listen as Darren talks to me about the air conditioning industries. What advice would you give then to any newly budding air conditioning HVAC contracting company trying to get their foot into the business? So I would say... Um, from experience, I think mm-hmm. the the best way of doing growing an HVAC company is through workmanship. So, workmanship is the the only thing after the job is done and the people have paid. Um, the only thing you have from that job is your reputation and, and your workmanship, and that pays off over and over again with with referrals and word of mouth and. Word of mouth is still the best advertising. If your neighbor is happy, you're you're going to call. Um, so the the absolute best quality of workmanship is still the only way to do it, as far as I'm concerned. Business will will grow from there naturally because uh, everyone's looking for the contractor that that will do the best job. And so with with this us being in the pandemic, I know everybody loves to talk about this, and uh, I am guilty as well. Uh, so have, because people aren't able to uh, to actually do a lot of in-person uh, meet and greets or seeing family or friends, has this hindered uh, some of this uh, increase of your, your sales? And because people aren't able to do almost their word of mouth, as you've just said, has been one of the main contributors to your growing business? Um, we haven't really noticed that. Um, when when you need a service, you're you're still going to be you're still going to be talking to people about it. And, and when you need, especially when you need air conditioning, um, it, you're still you're still talking to your family about who they used. So so that really hasn't been a factor, no. Okay, well that's that's good to hear. So, would you say at all in the air conditioning market? Then, have you seen anything to stay on track a little bit with the idea of COVID? Have you seen that any changes to the the air conditioning market at all? Um, really, because people have been home, um, we've never we've never been busier, and, and with the trying to do it safely, that that gets complicated. But mm-hmm. the the amount of calls has has been has definitely increased since the pandemic. Um, now, doing it correctly and safely has has slowed down the work process, but but uh, the demand has has in my 28 years in the business, I've never seen it this this busy for air conditioning. Wow. And so, what are some of these these practices that you've installed in your company to help incre- to help ensure that there's the safety for both not only your own employees but also for the the homeowners that your employees are interacting with? 
So similar to to what everyone is used to now, the the COVID screening questions uh, are important. So we we screen on the uh, on the phone before we even send out the technicians. The technicians also screen at the door before they go in. Um, there's always masks worn. Um, when it comes to it internally here, we try and keep the the crews to their own bubbles. Mm-hmm. As a, especially with installation, you need two guys, so we try and keep those two guys together um, as much as possible. Uh, and then just recently, we we've received uh, rapid tests, so now everyone everyone can be tested once a week. And uh, the Ontario government has supplied us with enough to to do that. So wow. that's that's really reassuring that uh, that we're not spreading anything. Yeah, for sure. That's that's amazing, actually. Um, so in preparation for our conversation today, I did a little bit of research on your company, and I noticed that your company works with a variety of manufacturers of air conditioning equipment. Uh, does this pose any difficulty for your technicians? No, not really. So so when it comes to service, whatever equipment you have, we, we will service it. Um, when it comes to apples to apples on, on equipment, um, if you're if you're dealing with 13 seer equipment, um, they're pretty much all the same. There's you always have to refer to the manual for for charging and specific things, but the rules are all the same. Now, when it, there is exceptions when you get into the really high seer uh, equipment, each manufacturer kind of kind of has their own uh, version of variable speed or or two stage and how that gets gets uh gets hooked up now that would be specific training from the manufacturers and and you would only you would only install that equipment if it's your your brand because you want your guys to be trained on that to put a halt in the conversation for just a second, I'd like to remind our listeners that later on in the episode, as part of our Tech Talk segment, I'll be joined by uh, Paul Tomlin of AO Smith. He will be discussing pressure drops in water heaters. So make sure to stay tuned for later on in the episode. And now let's let's bring it back to talking with Derek Best. Do you find that when there comes, maybe you come across uh, an issue with one of these higher SEER rated air conditioning units. Do you find that there's lots of support for you as a contractor to to reach out and um, maybe work through some of the kinks? It, so that all depends on the brand. So the the big thing is to if you're installing higher end equipment, well, any equipment really, you really want to make sure that the the tech support and the and the training uh, for that brand is is uh adequate so we've had some brands where tech support will get back to you in a week mm-hmm. and then we have other brands that tech support will answer the phone in two rings and, and that really says what brand we're going to use because mm-hmm. it, it's so important for for our technicians on site to be able to solve the problem and not be on hold for four hours because 
who's paying for that time if we're if we're just sitting on on hold. And does, the customer doesn't want to pay for it, and we don't want to pay for it. So um, I think the training and the and the tech support is a huge factor when it, when it comes to deciding what equipment you're going to deal with. Uh, I also wanted to go back a little bit on uh, you mentioned in terms of fear rating with air conditioning units. Uh, yep. How often, like, do you commonly see the higher SEER rating uh, equipment being installed, wanted to be installed now by homeowners, or do you find that it's still around that 13 SEER equipment that you mentioned in the first place? So, because in southern Ontario we we don't use air conditioning for for a good portion of the year, very true. Um, a lot of a lot of the people are still going for. Maybe not the 13s here, but 13 and, and 16s here equipment is still our most popular. Um, when it, when you, you're getting into the higher sears, it, it's more new construction and, uh, energy star rated houses. Um, it's just, it's a huge step up in price to, to go up, uh, from a 13 sear to a 18 sear unit. So, so most most customers so far, uh, we haven't seen that. When rebates come into play, then then people start going up in their SEER ratings. Um, so uh, you mentioned that you guys are you guys are plenty busy, which is great to hear. Um, do you find that a lot of the calls that you're getting now are people installing like brand new air conditioning units in their house that maybe didn't have them these older houses, or are you finding it's a lot more like retrofits? Yeah, it, it's it's all retrofit now. Um, very few houses don't have air conditioning now. When I when I first started in the business, it was all retrofit. Like we did retrofit every day, all day, all summer long. And now most of it is is replacing that stuff that we put in. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like the nature. That's what I always hear in the nature of this industry. Um, you also mentioned uh, a few uh, points back about training. Um, have you found that some of your technicians have been maybe interested in improving some of their skill sets because a lot of training has now become online during the pandemic? Yeah, it's been it, it's been excellent for for training because now you don't have to take time off of the job. You can do it on your own time in the evenings or on the weekends, and and it, there's so much available now. Like, if you want to learn, this is the best time to do it because the the amount of knowledge out there is is just crazy. When when I was starting out, you you learned from whoever you worked with, and and you picked up their good habits, but you also picked up their bad habits. Now a combination of working working in the field with with a good technician and available any information you want to know available it it's uh, the new generation of techs have it so much easier. So do you have any like resources that you would you would you would suggest then for for some of this online training? Well, most of the manufacturers they they offer the online training for their own products now, and that's that's a great place to start. 
um, then there there is a lot of uh, podcasts and, and things related to technicians, and it's it's endless. The information, if if you want to learn, the the information is endless. But you you do have to have that with a, a great tech that's uh, kind of mentoring you. It, it's important to uh, to be able to have those questions to a guy that's actually done the work. That's a good point. Uh, and so I guess uh, kind of to wrap it up, and I wanted to ask one last question for today. Uh, so if you could give any advice to any new installers or even apprentices on best practices for installing air conditioning systems, what would you suggest? Um, I would say following the following the manufacturer's uh, – practices and and really concentrating on workmanship so so workmanship is is the number one thing that a, a technician should be striving for because uh, it it's not only helping the company's brand and, and helping the company get get more get more recognition, but you're also building your own brand as a technician, and that will follow you your entire career. That was Darren Best, HVAC manager with Doyle Home Services. And now for our Tech Talk segment, I will be joined by Paul Tomlin of AO Smith. Take a listen as he teaches me all about pressure drops in water heaters. Well, thank you so much today, Paul, for for joining me today on our next segment of uh, Tech Talk. Um, So today we are going to talk about pressure drops in relation to water heaters. Why don't we just start out a little bit of a little bit of an overview. So can you tell me a little bit about um, gas pressure and gas pressure drops? Sure. Sure thing. Mm -hmm. So gas supply pressure is um, a gas supply system supplies a pressure um, up to and including 14 inches of water column on the standard. Um, So our B149 gas code will stipulate that in our gas code. Mm-hmm. And so we could supply gas pressures up to this this amount on a supply. However, the biggest problem we may run into is when we're supplying multiple units in a facility, we get what they call a pressure drop. So a pressure drop is when multiple units on that line open and that gas pressure that was we'll use the we'll use the number at 14 inches uh, starts off at 14 inches and then the units open up and then it slowly and gradually starts to drop 14 13 11 whatever the pressure drop will be with all the operation of all the units in the building we're only allowed as per code between a 7 and 14 inch um, water column supply to only allow drop one inch gas pressure in the system so when the unit starts to drop greater than one inch, now we run into all kinds of issues with the appliance, whether it be a water heater, whether it be a furnace or not. So that's basically what a pressure drop is, is a, is a gas pressure that cannot maintain a pressure supplied or given to the facility or the location. So when a contractor hears from a homeowner that um, they're they're not getting enough water to the shower or they're not getting enough water to the toilets or anything along those lines. Is that is that usually what a contractor will heal when when they know that the pressure isn't something's wrong with the pressure then? 
Um, it depends on the type of, of water heater we're looking at. There, we have um, high efficiency water heaters and then standard water heaters. Standard water heaters work more like, uh, as we all would know, um, a standard barbecue style burner where the flame continuously burns um, in the unit. Um, that what would happen in a pressure drop in that situation is every water heater or heating appliance runs off of a BTU heat value. Okay, BTU um, is a British thermal unit. So when the pressure drop drops, um, the BTU value will decrease a little. And okay. that will uh, basically give you a little bit less of a punch to heating your water. That's on a standard style water heater. But when you come to a high efficient heater, uh, like our product, it's it's what they call a zero governored gas valve. Now, when I say a zero governed is, we support most standard water, uh, gas valves supply a pressure to the flame. A zero gaff governor gas valve supplies no pressure. It relies on the fan, the ventilating fan, to pull the gas into the combustion, mix it within the fan, and then introduce it to create flame. And what would happen with a pressure drop in a high efficient appliance is the fan speed would remain constant. But if you had a pressure drop in fuel, then you would have less fuel coming to the air mixture. And in some situations, you wouldn't even get combustion. Okay. So, so here in the Canadian market, what, what does the gas, what does the water heating industry have to be concerned about in terms of codes? Um, codes basically are going to be um, that a system uh, should be designed to the loss in pressure between the appliance and the uh, termination of the utility um, regulator not to exceed less of a drop than one inch. Okay. So how does, how would a contractor determine what this, this pressure drop is this, this so one the, inch? The quick, the, yeah. The quick, quickest way I would, I do it is on straight at our appliance. Um, you can measure your, what they call a static pressure, which is when nothing is running in the building. Mm-hmm. You just measure your gas supply with a gas manometer straight at the test port for supply pressure. And that would give us our static lockup gas pressure. Okay. And then I'd basically um, inform our contractors as we do on the phone to start turning on units one at a time while monitoring that supply pressure. And then what will happen is you'll start seeing your pressure slowly dropping. Mm-hmm. And um, again, if it, if it drops down below one inch, then we need to look at your supply. It could be the gas piping size. It could be that uh, if the gas piping size is wrong in accordance to how many units you have and you're supplying pressure, the gas pressure, the gas piping would have to be resized. There's also um, regulators that run with tiny orifices that maybe the orifice is not sized correctly for the uh, opening amount of value of or amount of fuel from that regulator. Or within that regulator, you also have different size tension springs. Those springs will allow the fuel to open faster or slower, depending on the thickness or color of the spring. So those are some of the things that the uh, the gas contractor would uh, need to look at if they're running into uh, problems with uh, with units not firing on high efficiency or with units not supplying enough um, hot water could be a potential issue. Okay. And so how would, uh, how would, how would a technician troubleshoot when they, when they come across this issue? That would be exactly the same way. Like I mentioned in your test oh. port, looking at your static gas pressure. 
Okay. And and then starting up the appliances okay. and looking for that drop. Yeah, no, no, not a problem. And that would basically let us know if the fuel. Um, this is this is something we come across a lot of um, when we're when we're troubleshooting with contractors with high efficiency products where a high efficiency unit has been installed where a standard unit once was. Um, because the the Bunsen style or barbecue style burners didn't af- get affected as much with pressure drop, and they w- they would work, and they would they would mm-hmm. just heat a little bit less. But if you're not using the water heater to its full potential, you would potentially never notice it, and you'd go ahead the rest of the whole whole uh, existence of your water heater and never see the difference. But now we're starting to come into this, the, the world of, of high efficiency that draws um, a whole different way that the older ones did. Gas supply is is becoming very critical. What type of issues arise when when uh, when a water heater experiences one of these pressure drops? So one will be um, the unit won't fire okay. uh, at all. You'll have uh, f- ignition failures. It'll just continuously not fire because of our air to gas ratio mixture goes off. Um, two, you could have um, rough starts um, causing uh, backfires. Uh, all of a sudden, the gas will supply will be there at the at the end of its uh, uh, the regulators curve, as I call it. Um, and then give you a bang when it starts. It could give you um, rumbling noises, all kinds of, of issues where will be problematic for the unit. Okay. Um, and does it differ at all between tankless and tank uh, water heaters? So tankless would probably uh, give you an issue where it's just not going to start. Right, your air to gas ratio, or it'll fire, and then we'll have the uh, self-adjusting system trying to compensate, but it won't. It won't, and it'll give you um, some sort of failure failure code on the screen. And how about tank units? Same thing. It's not going to give you. It's going to give you an, an error code of um, failed ignition, which is the biggest uh, error code out there. It means you, we really need to diagnose what's going wrong. And every time I get a service call on a phone um, and we have a failure like that, the first thing I have a contractor check is gas pressure drops. The first, especially on a, from a regular uh, installation of a, a high efficiency water heater these days. So would you say this is a common issue then in water heaters? Um, it's a common issue. Com- uh, it, it's common out there. Yes, when we're installing from a standard to a uh, high efficiency, we see it a lot. So you keep saying uh, standard to efficiency, uh, high efficiency water heater. What exactly is the difference between the two? What would you say is the difference between the two? Well, as I mentioned earlier, the standard is the barbecue style burner, right? So it runs at a constant pressure of generally about 3.5 or to four inches water column being pushed to the flame. And it just burns like your barbecue does. Okay. Where the new high efficiency ones, um, it, it's it's um, pre-mixed burn. So basically we have no pressure being supplied. The fan sort of sucks the fuel into the fan, mixes it with the air that's existing with the fan, and then pushes it into a burner and a spark. So it works a little different than a, than a, the uh, older style, the, the, the original styles. So could a, could a pressure drop ever be a good thing? No, 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 no. Plus, you're also going to be out of out of code 
um, gas code stipulates a one pressure drop. Table 6.1 of the B149 does stipulate a one inch pressure drop between a seven inch and 14 inch water column. In some instances, like in Toronto area or in a big cities where you have a low pressure system below seven inches water column, it's only a 0.5 inch pressure drop. So there are some, some things you need to be aware of, of the gas code and what pressure drops you are looking at. So you've mentioned a few times now that you've, 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 you've heard from contractors directly in some technical support aspects uh, mm -hmm. related to pressure drop. Do you have any, any like anecdotes or stories that you, you have that you'd like to, to share in regards to maybe like a horror story related to, to pressure drop? Um, horror stories. Uh, I mean, it's not really a horror story, but it comes into effect where you have, um, we had a hotel at one point that had some water heaters. They had four of them installed. And the contractor called me saying that there was always one unit that wasn't running. And um, when we looked into it a little further, we found out that it was always, it was a different one, that never the same one. So that sort of pushed me towards gas pressure drop. And uh, we tracked it back and found that the gas line was running at a two inch gas pressure, uh, two inch gas line. And then there was a T in the pipe that nobody had seen further down and it ran four gas commercial dryers as well. So when those gas dryers weren't running and they weren't doing laundry in the hotel, the appliances worked for perfectly. I didn't have uh, enough drop to affect them, but every now and then they get a service call and it, it uh, with one unit not running. And it comes out to be that when the dryers were operating, I didn't have enough fuel or they didn't have enough fuel to operate the water heaters. So they had to resize all the gas lines, put an independent regulators at each appliance. And uh, yeah, it was a big, it was a big job to, to revamp that system, but that's how the, the, the problem came about. And it was a great pressure drop. We were looking at uh, about six inches drop when the units would fire with the dryers running. And in that case, it just, it just that one specific water heater just didn't run. There weren't any bigger detrimental issues to the system. No big issues. No, uh, it, do, it doesn't cause any huge detrimental issues. All of the, the big issue is it becomes a detriment to the customer because they don't have the amount of hot water to supply and, and do what the company needs to do, especially if it's, if the water heaters are, are working in industry that where they absolutely have to have water or, or some sort of a cleaning system. And if they don't, these units don't run, it's a nightmare for the company. And it's a nightmare for us to try to locate what the problem is. But uh, generally it comes down to when it's uh, a new installation, I always go straight to my gas pressures. Okay. And so in terms of commercial versus residential, do you find that one industry features maybe a little bit more issues with commercial. pressure drop commercial for commercial. sure? Yeah. Is Absolutely. it because of the nature of having multiple, uh, because it might need to pull more water at times and it's because it has multiple units? Larger fuel demand. Larger fuel demand. Okay. How yeah. does that play in? How does that play with uh, pressure drops then? Uh, just because of the amount of, of uh, BTU value that the units are pulling. So you absolutely have to make sure that your lines are sized correctly um, because of the amount of fuel where a home, you may be running a three quarter inch gas pipe into your home where a, a company, you may be running in a three inch, four inch gas uh, pipe into the building and you're still running the same amount of uh, inches per water column. Uh, 14 inches for water up to 14 inches water column. However, your, um, your supply needs to be high enough to 
compensate for every appliance in a commercial application, which sometimes gets missed when they're uh, when you're doing a, a re a re and re. So a re and re means removal and reinstall of a new product. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's uh, that's why commercial becomes um, a little bit more tricky. Okay. And um, just so I uh, I don't know if I've already asked this question, but yeah. I'd like to kind of go back on it. So. Uh, can you can you explore a little bit more about what exactly happens when a pressure drop actually occurs in the home? Yeah, so it would be on two different two different planes here. One again, if they put in a high efficiency opposed to a the old standard burner gas valve style. So mm -hmm. with a with a standard burner gas valve with a gas pressure drop, you may, like I said, you may never ever see an issue. What will happen is if your appliance is rated, I'm going to use a number of 45,000 BTUs. Um, if your appliance is rated at 40,000 BTUs, and let's say you do get greater than a one inch pressure drop, that appliance may run at 38,000 BTUs opposed to its 45. So it's basically out of its spec, which is, again, another gas code violation. However, the appliance will still function. It'll okay. still run, but it won't heat as much as water has been. It's been designed to run. We need to look at the rating plates on an appliance, and they all should be sized according to what the requirements um, are indicated on our uh, on our spec sheets for every appliance. However, when it comes to a high efficiency product, now we run into different situations. We run into that pressure drop issue where we don't have the fuel for the appliance. So we have a lot of the residential ones as well have been installed in place of a older style, as I would say, or a, or a standard style. And uh, if you don't supply the fuel to the home quick enough or enough volume, you don't have the right mixture in that fan to ignite fuel. Fuel will only ignite if the mixture is absolutely correct. If it's not correct, too much air to the amount of fuel it will not ignite. So you end up running into some kind of, uh, of issues and we get those calls for residential as well. Well, so what exact components within an, uh, a water heater helps control the, this pressure? The gas valve is what indicates the pressure into the appliance. Okay. And what supplies the pressure to the home would be the, uh, utility gas regulator to the home. Mm -hmm. So sometimes the independent utility gas regulator, um, may not be sized enough to um, allow an, a, uh, enough pressure drop to fuel the high efficiency appliance. So sometimes the contractor will have to get the uh, utilities involved and then the uh, regulator may need to be uh, adjusted or changed at the home.